programming on Utah Public Radio is made possible in part by our members and Crumb Brothers Artisan Bread at 300 South and 300 West in Logan. Open Monday through Saturday until 3. Offering lunch items including veggie burgers with a lemon garlic aioli or lentil salad with tarragon vinaigrette. Welcome to Access Utah. I'm Tom Williams. My guest today is an extraordinary person, Tim Medvetz. He's host of uh, National Geographic's Nat Geo uh, Wild channels, Going Wild. It's a program where uh, ordinary people stuck in extraordinary ruts are taken out into the wilderness, given some uh, tough love, try to get them uh, back on track. Host is uh, Tim Medvetz who is a former member of Hell's Angels. He's created a uh, something called the Heroes Project, the mission of taking veterans who suffered catastrophic injuries on climbs to the world's seven tallest summits. This is set to be featured on 60 Minutes later this year. His goal for these climbs is to mirror the mental, physical, and emotional challenges it takes to overcome uh, lose, losing limbs in battle. By putting these heroes in harm's way, MedVets and the Heroes Project are instrumental in helping veterans rediscover their true potential uh, during their quest to the summit. Medvitz has an extraordinary story himself after suffering a uh, devastating uh, motorcycle crash hit by a truck. Uh, he uh, set the goal of climbing Mount Everest. Many other interesting aspects of his biography. We'll uh, get into all of this and hear some clips from one of the episodes to this interesting uh, show, which uh, has its next airing, I believe, on the 17th. Tim Medvitz, welcome to the program. Hey, thanks for having me, Tom. Hey, appreciate you uh, being with us. Uh, let's hear the trailer for this, the, the open to this uh, this show. Very interesting. By the way, uh, this episode takes place um, in the Waihi country up in uh, Oregon, Nevada, Idaho uh, territory. But uh, some of this, some of the series is in the Moab Desert in Utah. Let's hear this. This time on Going Wild. We are literally off the grid. Kim and Michael are hauled out of their suburban life and dropped into one of the most remote locations in America. Are you kidding me? They will face the elements, the rattlesnakes, and each other in order to rekindle their failing marriage. If you really love someone, you won't ever give up. Led by a former Hells Angel on a mission, Tim Medvetz. This is it, are you ready to change your life? In 2001, a motorcycle crash nearly killed him. I ended up in the hospital for four months. Pretty much broke every bone in my body. Since then, Tim's climbed Mount Everest twice and led injured combat veterans up some of the world's highest mountains. Now he's taking ordinary people stuck in an extraordinary rut and throwing them to the wolves. Oh my God. It's part expedition, part intervention. Can't make your kids happy if you're not happy. And the biggest challenge of their lives. This experience was life-changing. This is going wild. So that is uh, the open for, uh, for Going Wild. Uh, Tim Medvetz uh, was born and raised in New Jersey, and uh, he realized early on in life he wanted to see the world. And he certainly did. Lifelong wanderer and a natural extreme athlete, uh, Tim Medvetz has traveled all over the world. He lived in Brazil for two years, where he studied with famed uh, Gracie family, studied the art of Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Became a licensed scuba diver and skydiver, perfected his hang gliding in Brazil as well. After a three-year stint bouncing around New York City, famed honky-tonk, um, watering whole hogs in Heifer's Saloon, uh, Tim rode his chopper across the country to Los Angeles, 1998, where he parlayed his love of bikes in the open road. 
uh, in uh, to a successful career selling and building custom motorcycles for Hollywood's elite. And he counts among his friends, uh, the entertainer, Cher. Let's hear another uh, portion from this series. This will introduce you to the people involved, the, the, the uh, people uh, Kim and Michael who have their troubled marriage. Kim Cook is a wife and mother of four who hasn't had a vacation in years. Time to wake up. Her husband Michael lost his business and she works two jobs to keep the family afloat. It's been a rocky 25-year relationship. They battled their son's drug addiction, divorced, and remarried. After so much strain, Kim and Michael are drifting apart and on the verge of another breakup. Tim is about to give the cooks a wake-up call. Do you mind if I talk to your wife? I heard you guys are a little concerned about her. Yeah, my wife really takes a lot out of her day to take care of other people. So it's time to do something for herself. Your husband wrote me a letter. Uh -huh. Apparently you're working 12 hours a day. You're taking the kids to school. You're cleaning the house. You got a separate business you work at night. It seems like you do everything. Isn't that what a mom does? It's what a mom does, but a mom's got to be happy, too. You got to have your own life, right? Yeah. Well, guess what I'm doing? What? I am here to take you away from it all. We're going to want to go on a little adventure. Oh, dear. It's for three days. <laughs> OK. And I think you need to go through this with her. Oh, boy. <laughs> These two need a wake up call. And I know just the place where I'm going to take them. All right, let's do it. Oh my gosh, there's nothing here. There's no civilization whatsoever. This is the Oahe Canyonlands. By far one of the most remote regions in all of the lower 48. And the route that I have planned for you guys, there's no trail. We are literally off the grid. Okay. All right, so yeah. ready for this, honey? Yeah, yeah. Backpacking and hiking, camping, it's something I love to do, but Kim hates <laughs> to be in the outdoors with the bugs and no showers or nothing to clean up with. Everything's dirty. Yep, get used to it. <laughs> so this is a true icebreaker for her. So those are a couple of clips from Going Wild. That's a series from the National Geographic channel, their, their uh, secondary channel, Nat Geo Wild. And this particular episode can be seen on March 17th uh, coming up. We have lost the connection with Tim Medvets. We apologize for that. Uh, we uh, hope to uh, get him back on the line. In the meantime, we're going to move up in our schedule uh, our uh, Wild About Utah segment, which would normally be heard uh, later in the program. Here's Wild About Utah. Welcome to Wild About Utah, a partnership of the Stokes Nature Center, the Bridgerland Audubon Society, and Utah Public Radio. This is Linda Curvin for Bridgerland Audubon Society. On a recent Christmas bird count, my team witnessed an amazing feat of flight. We parked in a subdivision cul-de-sac to walk into the sagebrush foothills. Overhead, we saw two golden eagles meet in a talon lock and tumble towards the earth. They disengaged moments before crashing and flew off in opposite directions. A minute later and we would have missed it all. So what were they up to? I'm not quite sure. 
Golden eagles are supreme flyers. In both courtship and territory displays, they steeply dive and swoop upward. During a pendulum display, they dive and rise in one direction, then turn and retrace their path. Pairs often play with an object in the sky, repeatedly dropping and retrieving it. The talon lock display is rarely seen, but it too is used both for bonding between pairs and in territorial disputes. We saw the display in December and the birds separated immediately, so we probably witnessed a territorial defense. Golden eagles require a territory anywhere from 20 to 200 square miles, depending on prey abundance. As with most wildlife, loss of habitat is a prime threat. Three quarters of recorded golden eagle deaths can be traced to humans. In treeless areas, power poles provide a convenient perch. When their seven-foot wingspan touches two wires, they are electrocuted. New designs and retrofits for power poles eliminate this problem and the resulting range fires, but many of the older designs remain. Wind farms also kill eagles, but again, new designs and more careful sighting are helping to alleviate this problem. The golden eagle's favorite meal in the West is jackrabbit but they are opportunistic foragers and will dine on carrion. If the carcass they feed on was shot, they may ingest fragments of bullets or buckshot that contain lead. Lead poisoning is an excruciating way to die. Carcasses with lead fragments are eaten by many carnivorous birds and mammals, who are then poisoned. This winter, eight bald eagles died of lead poisoning at the Wildlife Rehabilitation Center of northern Utah. We must remedy this problem so we can ensure that our skies will always be graced by the grandeur of soaring eagles. Our theme music was written by Don Anderson and is performed by Leaping Lulu. This is Linda Kirvin for Bridgerland Audubon Society. Wild About Utah is a partnership of the Stokes Nature Center, the Bridgerland Audubon Society, and Utah Public Radio. For transcripts and archived audio of Wild About Utah, go online to upr.org and click on the Wild About Utah link. Support for Wild About Utah on Utah Public Radio is made possible in part by our listeners and the Quinney College of Natural Resources at Utah State University, where students and faculty promote the sustainability of ecosystems and the communities that depend on them. Information at cnr.usu.edu. You're listening to Access Utah. I'm Tom Williams, and we have Tim Medvets back. We had phone problems there. Apologize for that. Uh, glad to have you back on the program, Tim. No problem. Thanks, Tom. Uh, by the way, this episode, we've been hearing a couple of clips from airs on the National Geographic Channel on uh, Monday, March 17th week from uh, today. Um, and tonight, this, actually. Oh, tonight. Is, is that tonight? Okay, I've got the wrong uh, yes, tonight, yeah, information. Yeah. Okay, well, even better. Uh, tonight on the National Geographic Channel. Um, I want to uh, maybe start out with, with your history. Just fascinating. Um, born and raised in New Jersey. And I guess great you... state of New Jersey. Yes, the great state of New Jersey. You're, <laughs> you, you apparently are just a kind of a born adventurer. You, you, you wanted to, to, yeah. to get out there. Um, and maybe we could start with uh, your trip to Brazil. You went lived in Brazil for a few years. I did. I was uh, 20 years old, and I just grew up in a small town in New Jersey and decided I wanted to be a big, badass cage fighter, and I'm going to go train with the Gracies and go down to Brazil to train with the best fighters in the world. And got on a plane and went down there for two years uh trained to be a fighter. Uh, but you, did, did you do any of that, or did you decide not to do that? I did, actually, yeah. Oh. Actually, I, I trained for 
trained for about a year and a half, and then kind of got bored with the whole, you know, fighting thing. And then I uh, got on a plane and went to Manaus, which is the gateway to the Amazon. And I lived in the Amazon for about say, almost about six months before I came back to the States. So there's something in your personality. I, I you know, I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't think I'd... <laughs> I don't think I'd get on a plane to Brazil, <laughs> let alone head to Manaus. Uh, so I guess it would it's logical that you've ended up sort of in the wild. Yeah, I guess you can kind of say that. Yeah, yeah It's uh, kind of ironic. Everything comes full circle, huh? Yeah. I've been to, you know, all around the world with every continent on the on the planet, and I've lived uh, in the Himalayas with a Sherpa family for a year, off completely off the grid, and I've in the Amazon and uh, Indonesia and Papua, Papua New Guinea, and I've uh, I've, I've had quite a life. So yeah. you know now I'm uh, basically uh, I've become the Doctor Phil of the wilderness, apparently <laughs> according to Nat Geo. <laughs> that's what the show about. So uh, do, you, do you embrace that that label? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean. It's uh, it, it's kind of funny, you know. My my view of what the show was and their view was two different things. You know, I was just gonna grab somebody out, you know, a city kid, and teach him how to survive, and you know, and how to climb mountains and all that good stuff that comes along with being in the backcountry. And and along the way, it turns out that you know, the guys that they're you know, and the the women that they're having me take up are you know, are kind of got a little lost in their ways in their everyday life, and so. I give him a dose of Mother Nature instead of a dose of Prozac. Yeah, so, yeah. And Mother Nature is the best pro, best best Prozac you could ever ever find. So, so th- this is some tough love. It's also getting out and really testing them, and I, I guess that's that's part of it. Let's hear another uh, clip from from this episode. This, uh, by the way, uh, introduces us to. We have been introduced to Kim and Michael. They have uh, I don't know what three or four children. Uh, yep. And yep. They, they've had Four. troubles troubles with their the, one of their sons with drug abuse. Uh, all the children are worried. Uh, by the way, the, this starts with I guess somebody writes a letter to the series saying, "Hey, uh, you know, I think these would be good candidates for for a trip." Yeah, yeah. This actually, this episode was actually the husband wrote in and said, "You know, please save my wife. You know, she's up at six o'clock in the morning and." She's doing the laundry and making breakfast and taking the kids to school, and then she works a home business out of this, uh, literally a closet that she, you know, renovated into an office, and then she has a uh, another business, so it's like a mobile spa business, and she's pretty much nonstop from 6 a.m. till 12 midnight, 1 in the morning, and he wrote the letter in to me to kind of get her away from it all and shake her up and uh, show her what living is, and then turns out Nat Geo said you know what I think you know he's part of the problem maybe we should take him and of course I agreed and threw him a backpack and said uh you're coming with us <laughs> so and normally you... yeah the uh, family members will write in uh, yeah for us to, to come and is... oddly enough the you know they think that they're writing in they think it's a you know one of these these ding-dong reality uh you know Dr. Drew intervention shows so they don't they have no clue where I'm taking them or what kind of show it is. I just literally grab them from their house, from their, their place to work, and scoop them up. We throw them in a van and bring them up to the mountains, take their phone away from them, and they're just completely taken by surprise. Hmm. Tell us about the country you took uh, Tim and Michael, or Kim and Michael to. Kim and Michael actually uh, took the Wahi Valley, which is in eastern Oregon, which is uh, 
by far, I've been all over America, and is by far the most off-the-grid, remote place in America. I mean, we drove for about six hours with no cell phone service to get to this this canyon, and even the the head of the BLM, the you know the Bureau of Land Management, didn't even know that this canyon existed. And you know, this this canyon was one of those. You know, I've been you know, every you know, hiking trail around America and around the world. This was no hiking trail. I mean, nobody goes down there. Nobody. There was no trail. It was really off, completely off the grid. I mean, this, what you're watching on that episode is the real deal. I mean, and we're completely unsupported by the production company. It's the only way I would sign on to do this. Um, so there's no hotels at the end of the night. There's no, you know, the, the production staff giving us, you know, water and giving us food, you know, at our breaks when the cameras are turned off. I mean, what you're watching is us going into the wilderness with a backpack, with everything we need in that backpack to survive for three days. And they're just, the cameras are just following along for the ride. Hmm. And uh, Kim and Michael, uh, Michael's the one who writes in, uh, he, he wants to give his, his wife a break. What what he learns through the course of this episode is that uh, in some ways he's the problem, at least in her, in her mind. Let's, he's a big, he's, let's hear a, part of the problem. Yeah, yes, sure. let's hear another clip. Uh, this is uh, when they get a letter from their uh, from their daughter. This is from Going Wild. It's an episode featuring uh, Kim and Michael. And of course, the host is Tim Medvets. He's our guest today. Uh, we're going to hear this, hear about a little more about this episode, which, uh, by the way, you can hear uh, or you can view tonight uh, on the National Geographic Channel. And we'll get into more of uh, Tim Medvet's fascinating biography, including a horrible uh, motorcycle crash on September 10th, 2001. And that, uh, of course, will give you an indication of some of the extraordinary elements in, uh, in that part of his life. But here's, uh, here's another clip from the show. It's pretty obvious to me these two are going to go through hell physically. That's only the half of it. This canyon will break them down emotionally as well. Do you actually know why you're here? No. The bottom line is your family is concerned about you. This letter is from your 15-year-old daughter, and maybe she can explain a little better why you're here. Dear Mom and Dad, I hope you guys can come home and be happy and stress-free. <laughs> and be closer to each other and to us, too. Hmm. I don't think I'm gonna be able to get through this. Okay. I know times are hard right now with all of us kids. As soon as I can get a job, I'm gonna try and provide for the family so you guys won't have to work so much and you guys won't have to work as hard. Mom, I really wish you would stop working so much because I want you to have more time to relax and do all your favorite things. Also, I wanna get you closer to Dad and be happy with each other and not think about getting a divorce because I love you two together and you were meant for each other. I love you guys. Your 15-year-old daughter, I mean, she's saying that she wants to go to work. I know, it's and, not and good. And help pay bills in the house. It's like, she's 15. Well, the other thing is sometimes you don't even realize that your kids even see the stress, you know, because we try so hard not to show those types of things around them, but obviously they still hear it, so. That's evident. Yep. Well, from an outside guy looking in, looks like you two got a lot to think about over the next three days. These are things a child should not have to worry about. She shouldn't have to worry about whether or not I'm happy or not, or whether her dad and I are happy or not. That should be a given. So, 
I need to get something, some things fixed. That's a uh, clip from the uh, television uh, show, an episode from Going Wild. It's a, a series where Tim Medvitz uh, takes uh, people who are stuck in ruts in their lives, takes them out into the wilderness, pushes them to the limit with the hope of, uh, of helping them to, to get unstuck. In this case, we're hearing an episode which you, by the way, can view tonight on the National Geographic Channel, uh, Kim and Michael. They've been divorced once before. They're heading for another divorce if they don't change some things. And they've just heard a letter from, from their daughter. Uh, yes, uh, uh, Tim, this a uh, very impactful moment. And uh, uh, I think they're realizing what, what, what impact they're having on their children here. Yeah, Mother Nature has a way of breaking people down <laughs> physically and, and emotionally, as you can you know, listen from that clip. I mean, it's, it's, uh, when you're away from, when you're in an area where your, your cell phone don't work and there's no internet, there's no Facebook or Twitter and, you you, you got to face your life at on, you know, and you take a real hard look at yourself and how you've been living. And uh, Mother Nature is a powerful thing. Hmm. So and that's uh, what you're going to see in the show is Mother Nature breaking people down. I mean, I take them completely off the grid and put them in harm's way. And when you're put in a, a situation like that, you really look at your life and uh, it's kind of like, you know, you know, if you're, if you're, if you're reading the book about your life, and you get put into the wilderness like that, you got to kind of look at it like, you know, hey, do I like my life? You know, am I enjoying this book? And that's pretty much what the show, what the show does. And of course, you know, it's on Nat Geo, Nat Geo Wild. And so you're throwing all the elements into it. And this is no network show. I mean, this is the real deal. I mean, we're out there surviving um, in the backcountry. And we're, you know, we're, we're definitely experiencing a lot of animal life. I'm showing them how to find water. I'm showing them how to, you know, survive three days of hell. Mm. And, uh, in the, in the end, it's, uh, the best marriage counseling, the best psychiatrist you could ever have. And it's free. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's very interesting. Yes. Yeah, very interesting to see, see what uh, people's reaction is when they're, when they're put in that uh, kind of stress. I want to get uh, back into your story. It, it's a fascinating story. You, you, you know, if you read a novel like this or saw a fictional movie, you you wouldn't believe it. Your your life. Um, tell tell us about that horrible motorcycle crash, which was September tenth, two thousand one, right? Yeah, it was um, seven thirty at night and racing the bike through the streets of Los Angeles and uh, hit a pickup truck and ended up uh, in the trauma room and pretty much broke almost every bone in my body and. Uh, uh, Woke up in the morning and uh, was on life support. Uh, opened my eyes and couldn't talk because the machine was breathing for me. And started looking around my uh, hospital room and I noticed there's you know doctors and nurses are all gathered in my room, but nobody's giving me any attention. No one's looking at me, and I can't say, "Hey, I'm over here," you know. And uh, so I realized everybody's staring up at the ceiling and what they were looking at. They were watching the TV, and as I scanned my eyes up. Boom! It was you know 9:30 in the morning, and the, and the twin towers were coming down. And it's one of those you know everybody knows where you were on the morning of 9/11, and uh, that's where I was. So wow. that was a big game changer in my life. Yeah. So you know, a year later of going to the physical therapy room, and you know the wheelchair for a few months, then the walker, then the crutches, then the cane, and then you know the physical therapist having me squeeze this little rubber ball thing, and that just wasn't enough for me. And, that's when I uh, 
decided to take the physical therapy in my own hands and uh, decided I'm going to go climb Mount Everest. <laughs> so well, that's moved in the ball, packed up, the, packed up uh, all the stuff and uh, put everything in storage, rented the apartment and opened in ticket and just uh, flew up to Nepal and lived with a Sherpa family and just decided that if I'm going to climb Everest, I need to learn how to be, uh, you know, a great mountaineer and this was the best people to learn from and that's the Sherpas. And so for one year I started my intense training on, um, on learning how to be a mountaineer. And uh, four years later, I made my first attempt on Everest in, in 2006, missed the summit by about 300 feet. Uh, went back a year later and uh, stood on the summit, the top of the world, at uh, May 21st, 2007. And then from there, my life has just basically taken me to every big mountain around the world and starting a foundation for injured veterans called the Heroes Project. And then next thing you know, I get the call from National Geographic. Hey, we got this show. We want you to mm-hmm. take people and show them uh, what worked for you and, and how you got back on your feet. And that's what this show is about, basically. It's me putting people in harm's way and showing them that, you know, life is a lot more to life than uh, working 12 hours a day, six days a week. Yeah, that's it's just extraordinary to me. It's it's Maybe we could give people a sense of how bad that crash was. You, you, your doctors feared one of your feet would need to be amputated. Two metal plates, 20 screws in your skull, a titanium cage, uh, you know, yep. for, for your for your back. So you weren't yeah. you were you were, I guess, pretty long way from you know being totally recovered when you went to Nepal, right? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I just got the back brace off, just got the knee brace off. Uh, I was still wearing a uh, an ankle brace when I got on the plane, and then um, you know, still still on the you know the pain pills, and then finally landed in the in the Himalayas, and it was you know the Angels went to the river and uh, threw the backpack on, and that started the road to recovery. So, 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 what do you do? What, what was your plan to get off the plane in Nepal and go find a Sherpa family to live with? What was the plan? You know, man, look, I wanted to be a big badass cage fighter. You know, so I figured I'm going to go down to Brazil and train with the, you know, the, the toughest fighters in the world. That's the Gracie family. And then, fast forward, now I'm going to, you know climb the biggest baddest mountain in the world Mount Everest well I gotta train with the best climbers in the world and so I'm gonna go live with the Sherpas and do whatever they do that was kind of my my thoughts you know Mm. and you know it's the same thing like you know with the motorcycle club you know I'm gonna go I'm gonna be you know join the biggest baddest motorcycle club in the world so I'm gonna go join the Hell's Angels and so my life has always been about you're gonna do it you know it's like go big or go home right yeah and so That's kind of taken me to uh, to this Nat Geo show. Yeah, and here I am. So uh, Mount Everest, of course. This this will really focus your mind, I guess, and that, that's probably was good for you. That's, that's have a big goal. I'm going to get better, and yep, I'm going to climb was, Mount Everest. That was it. I mean, the, the the little rubber ball squeezing the rubber ball thing in physical therapy, you know, three days a week wasn't wasn't working. So I just basically took the rehabilitation in my own hands, and that meant, you know, Mother Nature. And so that's why this this show on that geo is is so powerful because it's it's Mother Nature is is the the greatest healer. Then there's no physical therapist or psychologist could ever offer what Mother Nature offers. And so what you're watching on this show is is you know the healing powers of Mother Nature, and I'm just the vehicle getting him to it. So. 
We're talking with Tim Medvets. He's a former member of the Hells Angels. Uh, he is a founder of an organization that uh, takes uh, injured veterans out uh, into the wild. And he's host of uh, Going Wild. That's a series on uh, Nat Geo Wild. And you can uh, see the this episode that we've been talking about tonight. On uh, Tim, is it, is it the National Geographic Channel or is, it, or is this over on Nat Geo Wild? It's Nat Geo Wild. Okay. Yeah, you have to right. go to the Nat Geo Wild. Okay. It's so eight that's... o'clock on eight o'clock on Mondays, and tonight's the episode where I actually take uh, this kid out of his cubicle in Los Angeles, California, and bring him up Mount St. Helens, and he's rappelling into caves, and he is scaling rock walls, and snowshoeing, and cramponing uh, up Mount St. Helens. So it's uh, okay. it's. it's it's an entertaining episode for sure. You'll uh, you'll enjoy it, and I'm sure the episode we've been talking about and other episodes you can you can catch those subsequently on on that Geo Wild as well. We're going to take a brief break. When we come back, more with Tim Medvets. We'll hear more about his story. Uh, his first attempt on Mount Everest came tantalizingly close, uh, but he uh, he tried again, and uh, we'll ask him how he got into uh, helping veterans, and. Uh, We'll learn more about this uh, couple we've been talking about, which uh, we're heading for another divorce, a second divorce, if something doesn't happen in their lives. And uh, so Tim is trying to help them out in the wild, uh, Kim and Michael. We'll hear another clip from the show following the break. Did you know that of every 1,000 babies born in the United States, three will have hearing loss? Early identification and management is important for speech and language development. Amplification, as well as speech and language treatment, can start in the first weeks of life. Did You Know That is made possible by the USU Emma Eccles Jones College of Education and Human Services. More at cehs.usu.edu. Programming on Utah Public Radio is made possible in part by our members and USU's Partner in Business Leadership Conference, Tuesday, March 25th at the USU Eccles Conference Center. Introducing keynote speaker Matt Wells, head football coach, Mountain West Coach of the Year, Utah State University. Details at partners.usu.edu. Support also comes from USU Natural Resources, Wild About Utah. You're listening to Access Utah. I'm Tom Williams. We're talking with Tim Medvets. He's a former Hells Angel. He, uh, after a devastating motorcycle crash, uh, by the way, on September 10th, 2001, woke up in the hospital with uh, nurses and doctors uh, riveted as we all were to, as the towers came down. And uh, after a while, as he says, the little squeezing the little rubber ball wasn't getting it done for him in terms of rehabilitation. So unlike most of us, he decided, I'm going to get on a plane to Nepal. I'm going to live with Sherpas, and I'm going to climb Mount Everest. Along the way, he uh, he found healing himself. And uh, he is helping veterans now, the Heroes Project. We're going to be talking about that with the mission of bringing veterans who suffered catastrophic injuries on climbs to the world's seven tallest summits. And he's involved now as host of... Uh, Nat Geo Wild's Going Wild series. We've been talking about that. You can see an episode tonight on Nat Geo Wild and uh, other episodes, I'm sure. You get to uh, go to their website and uh, you can, you can uh, get the schedules there. Tim Medvet's with us for the rest of the hour. You can join this conversation if you would like at 1-800-826-1495, 1-800-826-1495. Or you can join us at upraxis at gmail.com, upraxis at gmail.com. By the way, 
We have a couple pairs of tickets to Celtic Night, featuring Inish-free Irish dance and Leaping Lulu, annual tradition in northern Utah and the Cache Valley area. We have a pair of tickets to the Friday performance, a pair of tickets to Saturday performance. All you need to do is call. Uh, give us your name and number. You'd have to be able to come by and pick these up. These are for uh, this Friday and this Saturday, presented by Bridger, Land, Bridger Folk Music Society. Uh, so uh, let's hear another clip from this from this episode uh, in which we're introduced to a, a couple who uh, whose marriage is in trouble. They've been divorced once before, got back together, have uh, four children. Uh, Kim and Michael are their names. Uh, Michael's business has failed. Kim's working two jobs and doing all the housework. She's very resentful about that. And they're out there in the some of the most off-the-grid places in, in the world. Here's... Uh, uh, another passage where they're facing uh, perhaps their greatest challenge on this uh, three-day journey. Here's the deal. I watched you guys now for three days. Been listening to the letters, the kids talking about divorce, talking about your stress. So this is the crucial point, and this all decides it right now. <laughs> oh, no. You know what that is? Yeah. What is it? Our divorce agreement from the first time we were divorced. When I opened those papers, it was like a blast from the past. I had a pit in my stomach, and I thought, I can't do this again. I don't want to do this again. I'm going to tell you right now, you don't keep doing what you've been doing here, that's where you're headed. You can't live like this, man. That's no life. No. It stops here. You guys got to make a decision. This is it. Absolutely. All right. Let's get up this thing. All these challenges and all of these hurdles that we've gone through have made me remember a different side of Michael again. I'm right behind you, honey. <laughs> if you fall, I got you. It was how it was supposed to be. He's, uh, he's helping me along the way. Take a look back. You had enough of that, Canyon? Say goodbye. Now we rope up. It is a huge mountain. It's a huge obstacle. I'm thinking about all the things that we have done over the last three days and thinking, wasn't that enough? That's a clip from uh, one of the episodes from Going Wild, which you can see on Nat Geo Wild channel. Uh, a separate episode, different episode at Mount St. Helens you can see tonight. And the other episodes, I'm sure if you go to the uh, website, get the schedule, you can see those. Tim Medvets is the host. He's a former Hell's Angel. Uh, when he suffered a devastating motorcycle injury, uh, he uh, headed to Nepal uh, with the goal to uh, climb Mount Everest. That uh, that clip, uh, Tim Medvets, uh, shows like, what can happen when people are, are put in stressful situations. One of the things that's happening here is that uh, maybe after sort of dropping this habit, uh, Kim and Michael are working together. Yeah, you know, it's actually, it's. I, I received a letter from him about two weeks after the episode was finished taping, and uh, a letter from Michael wrote me a letter saying that how, you know, three days literally saved his marriage, and uh, thanking me, and so that was the positive thing about it, you know, I mean, it's uh, not just your normal ding-dong uh, reality show, it's actually doing some good out there, too, so. What, uh, what happens, do you think, to people? when they're put in these situations. You, you, you take them to some pretty unforgiving locations. Uh, 
yeah, pretty much. Um, I mean, I, like I said before, you know, I'm just a vehicle man. It, it's Mother Nature's the real healer here, you know, and that's um, taking them into a, a place where your cell phone doesn't work and you're completely off the grid and, and shut out from the rest of the world. It's, uh, it's, it's a powerful thing, and we've taken, you know, taken people from, you know, Mount St. Helens to the Wadi Valley in Eastern Oregon to right there in your state of Utah, you know, into the Moab area. And it was, you know, in the middle of the summer, uh, I don't think it went below 110 degrees, and, uh, you know, rivered down the Colorado River and uh, scaled down rock faces and slept on the desert floor with, you know, you know, rattlesnakes and scorpions and uh, it was uh, in 110 degree weather. As a matter of fact, it was so hot there in, in Utah that our medic from the production company from National Geographic actually had to get evacuated at a heat stroke. So it was, uh, yeah, what you're watching is uh, it's the real deal. And uh, next week is... Uh, the episode with uh, that was filmed in Utah, and that was with a housewife from Long Beach, California. And so that was, uh, you guys will enjoy that uh, being from Utah and all. Yeah. Tonight is the episode, tonight is uh, the, ep- the couple, the married couple, uh, Michael and uh, Kim, was, that was last week. Mm-hmm. Tonight is the episode with uh, Mount St. Helens. Uh, so these, I guess you, uh, these are family members, uh, writing in saying, "Hey, my my loved one is is sort of stuck in a rut or in trouble in their life and could benefit from this." That's how you you get these people. It, it seems like a seems like that is the theme. People are sort of just stuck somewhere and they need to get unstuck. Yeah, I mean, it's look. I mean, I, I don't know about you, but I had enough of the celebrity rehabs and Dr. Drew shows and you know and all these uh, the intervention shows and. You know, I had enough of it, and like I want to see something. This is something that I would watch. You know, mm. I want to watch somebody that is put in harm's way, and seeing how they survive and how they come out the other end. You know, and it's uh, something about the wilderness and the, and the outdoors that releases endorphins in your body. That, uh, that you know, no, there's no doctor out there that can uh, that can come close, and no pill or medicine that could. It's a so it's a healing show. It's you know, it's a show that's. It's got adventure, it's got, you know, it's got uh, climbing, it's got repelling, it's got survival, and then it's got, you know, people working out their issues, their problems. Mm. Tell me about... Problems they don't even know they have. Yeah. And that's where the letters come in to us from the wife, from the husband, saying, you know, help them, get them out of here. Yeah. And then sometimes surprising, like like Michael. He he thought... uh, Maybe this would be a good a healing adventure for his wife, and he ends up on on it as well. Uh, I wonder yeah, so if when I threw that I threw that backpack at him, boy, he's just gonna look down his face. Huh? <laughs> I'm coming too. He did, he really didn't know he was coming. I guess. Okay. He had no idea. And the other thing about the show is that people they don't know what what it is. They know that they're going to be on TV. They know it's. They think it's some kind of uh, intervention show, but they have no clue. So, and then this, you know. Six foot five, two hundred fifty pound biker pulls up on a Harley, and literally grabs them, puts them into a van, and and takes their phone from them and ships them up to you know the middle of nowhere. So they have no idea what's going. On. Even the person who's writing in doesn't know, and they don't know until I bring them back hmm. four days later. Yeah, where their husband or their loved one was. Yeah. Now you said before. Oh, it's, uh, something. 
Uh, you said before that uh, your sort of uh, idea of the show is a little different from the producers. Uh, you you were focused in your mind more on you're going to take these people out, you're going to you know guide them through some rough country, but it, it certainly comes out on the show. You you kind of get into their lives a bit. You're you're guiding them emotionally as well. Yeah, you know, and, and like I, as I say time and time throughout the show, I'm like, look, man, I, I, you know, I'm just a, I'm just an outside guy looking at. I'm not a marriage counselor, man. I'm, I'm not a, a, a psychologist. You know, I'm just one guy who's, you know, I, I've been through a lot in my life, and uh, and I know, you know, I can't relate to that. I'm not married. I don't have a wife. I don't have kids. I don't have pets, which allows me to live the life I have. But one thing I do know. I know about being in a in a bad rut and trying to get out of it, and I know what the backcountry and the wilderness, how that can help you. And so that's all I'm doing is, you know, bringing them out and showing them what what's, what worked for me and whatever problem it is. You know, whether it's you know the kid tonight, you know his 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 sister passed away eight years ago, and so since she passed away, it took her really hard. He's had a shrine in his house, and so every night after working twelve hours a day. He comes home, cracks open the beer, and he has a, before he goes to bed, he has a shrine with a bottle of vodka and a shot, two shot glasses. And he pours a shot, and he does a shot to his, his sister every single night for the last eight years. You know, and he works six days a week, works all the holidays. And so, you know, I just grabbed this kid and shook him up, you know. And um, two months later, I spoke to him on the phone, and, uh, he hasn't, he took the shrine down. He's taken his son and his wife on a, uh, on a camping trip. He didn't work Christmas day. He didn't work Thanksgiving. He didn't work New Year's day. He doesn't, he takes the weekends off now. He only works Mondays and Friday. And so like the cooks, the, the married couple, it's also having an effect on, you know, someone else who, you know, lost someone who was really close to him. So i just uh, had a really hard time dealing with the death of somebody. And that's not me, man. I didn't do nothing. I didn't do nothing. That's that's Mother Nature, mm. you know. So. Yeah, yeah. And that's, there's, that's, there's you, and that's you going wild, right? Yeah, yeah, going wild. That's right. Not, uh, not, not Channel Four, NBC. This yeah. is the real deal, man. Okay. So, uh, tune in tonight. Tune in tonight. Yes, Nat Geo Wild. Um, Tim Medvets is my guest. He's a former member of the Hell's Angels. Uh, had suffered a devastating uh, motorcycle crash. And uh, d- decided as uh, part of his uh, therapy, getting getting back on his feet, he'd fly to Nepal, live with Sherpas, and uh, summit Mount Everest. And uh, we're talking to him on the program today. By the way, a couple, of, two pairs of tickets to a Celtic Night here, here in Logan, available for you for your call at one eight hundred eight two six one four nine five, or you could email me at uh, upraxis at gmail dot com, and. Uh, and we could uh, just uh, give us your name and, and phone number. You have to come by the station, pick it up, too. A uh, pair of tickets to Friday night, a pair of tickets to Saturday night, downtown at the Ellen Eccles Theater. Tim Medvets, I, I wonder, I'd like you to um, take me back to your first uh, attempt on Everest. You, uh, you're, you're essentially, I don't know, it, it reminds me of Six Million Dollar Man. You've, you've got metal in you and, and screws and, and plates and... Uh, and a, a cage for your for your ribs. Uh, you get on a plane yeah. to to Nepal, and and you come. What is it? Three hundred yards short of your goal on your first summit. Three hundred feet. I could. Three hundred feet. I mean, I could have threw yeah. a rock and and threw it and hit the summit. Yeah. The problem was I had about I I only had about an hour of 
ton of oxygen left in my tank. And I had about, you know, maybe an hour, over an hour, two hours to get to the summit um, from where I was. And But I, I would have made the summit. The problem is, is that the summit's only halfway. And I learned a real valuable lesson in mountaineering is that, you know, you got to you haven't fully climbed the mountain until you get back down, right? So mm-hmm. uh, I would have been descending, you know, at 29,000 feet with no supplemental oxygen. And that's just a recipe for disaster. You know, you're talking about, you know, on the way up, you're passing dozens of frozen dead climbers. They're, you know, littered up near the summit of Everest. They're everywhere. And the majority of those guys that have died have made the summit. It's on a descent where everything went wrong. Yeah, amazing. But you did go back and do it. I went back one year to the date. Yeah. And yeah. summoned it. <clears throat> we do I have a and raise no quitter. Yeah. Yes. Well, yeah, that's that's certainly evident. Um we do have a uh, we do have a caller. Uh Betty is uh, joining us. Uh glad you did. Well, go ahead with your question or comment. Um I just wanted to uh comment that I so deeply agree with this concept of nature being the healer. I feel like our whole society in the United States is lacking in being in touch with nature, and it's creating sulky, angry people, youth who don't have an appreciation for life even. And I think it's such a great idea to for all of us to get out into nature, even in simple ways like taking the family on a camping trip, as you mentioned with that one gentleman, it's so important. And your concept of healing as a nurse, I understand the healing that comes from nature. And I truly think it's wonderful what you're doing. Thanks, Betty. Thank appreciate, you. Appreciate that. Yeah. So I guess Tim's, Betty, uh, I guess Tim's idea of getting on a plane to Paul, I, I guess you'd, you'd want to heal from your, uh, you know, most serious injuries. But... Um, Kind of a wild idea, but I guess there's a big emotional comp- uh, component here. Well, it's important Absolutely. to, uh, when you're healing or, or going through rehab, is to confront yourself again. Because you've been through a terrifying experience being injured and confronting yourself in that natural world is, is a very healing experience. Hmm. Because you, you do have to do something with those Thanks, buddy. Appreciate that. Uh, Thanks for calling in, buddy. Yeah, that's that sound. You know, I, I maybe do we do have some of that, Tim. We 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 tend to protect people, want to protect people when maybe we ought to be, you know, doing taking them out in the wilderness, kind of thing. That's it, man. That's it. That's uh, you know, I I live in I live in Hollywood, so you know, I live in a big city, entertainment capital of the world, right? And yesterday, um, Sunday. I was on a 11,000-foot peak, covered in snow, tampons on, 
snowshoes, you know, the, the whole bit completely off the grid and one hour from, from Hollywood, California. So I don't care where you live in, in, in America or the world. There's always a place where you can just, you know, get out of the city, whether it's, you know, taking a walk through the woods, you know, having a little hike here or going down to the lake and hopping in a rowboat and just leaving the phone in the car and, and getting off the grid. Mm. And it's a powerful, powerful thing. Um, there's, like I said before, you know, there's, uh, uh, you can go to a self-help group. You can, you know, take a, a, a pill to get you through the day. And, uh, you can, there's all these different things that, that is offered in life. And a lot of people go through. And, you know, this is one of those shows on that geo that shows you how to really snap out of whatever rut you're in. You know, and get and take that first step out the door, which is always the hardest thing is to take that first step out the door. And, and I'm just the, the guy that, you know, is helping them take that first step, yeah. whether they like it or not. Right. Whether they like <laughs> it or not. <laughs> the, yeah, there is some of that, right? Because I, I think people go out there with some idea of what it what it, they're getting into, but not all. And and they so, think they think that they're basically going on like a, a, a basically like a. Um, an intervention, a family intervention. They know they got some issues, and they think it's going to be like some kind of Dr. Drew, Drew show. Because they know they're going on TV. They just have no clue that, you know, this, you know, six-foot-five biker's going to pull up and grab them and take them into the, you know, into the middle of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> so, and, and you're, it's a you're, shock, for sure. You're pretty intimidating, at least in, you know, if, if I were to meet you in person, <laughs> well, I, I'd be a little intimidated, I uh, think. Let me tell you something. When you're confronted with, uh, you know, a seven foot long, you know, rattlesnake, <laughs> that's a little bit more intimidating than right. me, I think. So, which, which, you, which you do in this episode we've been talking about, and and there's a mountain lion that uh, that you see, uh, thankfully a, li- a bit yeah, in the distance. Yeah. But, uh, so this yeah, is the, this is real. You know, the, real uh, that was a that was a, a really large cougar that was actually where we slept on the on the floor of this this canyon. And we woke up in the morning, probably 30, 40 feet from where we were laying down, were these imprints of a cougar that were fairly deep. So he was a he was a big boy, and the way the you know the the prints were were kind of facing like he was coming towards us, and then the the prints kind of looped around and then basically turned around. So he was stalking us in the middle of the night and came up and gave a little sniff and then turned around and. Uh, you know, I said to the I said to the cooks when I seen the print, I was like, you know. It's, Really, this is the real deal, you know. Even though there's, you know, the camera guys filming it, like these cougars are out there, you know. He's probably, obviously, here's a perfect, you know, answer that he is stalking us. So, and of course, I had to tell her, you know, I had to tell her that, you know, cougars are they normally stalk their prey and they'll they'll kill their prey and they bury the their prey and then every few days they go and bury it up, you know, dig it out and then eat a little bit more and then bury it again and and so <laughs> the wife is just looking at me. <laughs> He's gonna bury me and eat me for like he's gonna feed on me for a month. <laughs> yeah, it's not reassuring her. We just have a, about a minute left. I wonder if you could tell us to give us the minute version of uh, the Heroes Project. It's an interesting project. Yeah, the Heroes Project. I, I just you know look, I mean, I'm just one proud American who is doing my part as an American, and uh, I think the, a big problem with America is you know a lot of people. There's so many great causes around the world, different nonprofits and different causes to help out people around the world and I think sometimes America loses sight of you know take a look in our own backyard 
Now you're talking about since the invasion of Iraq and Afghanistan in 2003, you're looking at over 43,000 injured veterans, and a huge portion of that are amputees. And because it's not newsworthy anymore, you know, people tend to forget about these guys, and these guys feel like America's forgotten about them. And so starting the Heroes Project is my way of letting them know that we haven't forgotten about them. And what I do with them is I don't just take them on a, uh, you know, a little uh, adaptive skiing for the weekend or adaptive surfing or, you know, uh, take them, uh, you know, teach them how to fish, things like that. I take them to mountains around the world. And I take them to mountains that kill people. You know, people die on statistically every year. And I put them in the same deal. I put them in harm's way. And we've done some really big things. We had the first African-American, Keontae Story, who's a Marine who lost his leg in Afghanistan, summited the tallest mountain in Antarctica, Mount Vincent. And then in February of last year, I took a, another Marine who got blown up in Afghanistan and lost both his legs and summited a, you know, almost 23,000-foot mountain, the tallest mountain in South America, and was the first guy with no legs to ever summit the mountain in the history of it. Yeah. And so it's having a really powerful uh, rehabilitation thing. It's going to be featured on 60 Minutes in the next couple weeks here. Oh, that's great. Um, but it's yeah. called it. Yeah, it's called the Heroes Project, and it's uh, you know just my way of being a proud American and showing these guys we haven't forgot about. More information at theheroesproject.org, by the way. Uh, Tim Medvets is also a host of an interesting uh, new series on the Nat Geo Wild channel. Uh, an episode can be seen tonight and other episodes uh, coming as well. It's called Going Wild. Tim Medvets, thanks so much for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me, Tom. And uh, for uh, producer Shalane uh, smith Dinam, I'm Tom Williams. Thanks so much for listening. This is Utah Public Radio, KUSR HD1 89.5 Logan, KUSK HD1 88.5 Vernal, KUSL HD1 89.3 Richfield, KUST HD1 88.7 Moab, KCEU 89.7 Price, and KUSU FM HD1 91.5 Logan.